Hi guys, welcome to the PlayStation Access podcast, the official podcast of PlayStation UK. You're listening to episode 4 of season 1, where we're talking about escapism, lonely games and identity. That all sounds very thoughtful, but don't worry, we're only role-playing as serious people, and badly at that. Over this season, you can expect an introduction and deeper look at all things Access, so settle in for some cosy conversation from our world of PlayStation. Now, it's about time to escape, don't you think? Let's begin. Hello everyone, welcome to the PlayStation Access Podcast. I am your host, Ash the Dungeon Master, joined by Dave the Bard. Oh, that's a that's a pretty good one. I've done well there. Hello. Yeah, Rabiris Targaryen. That's me. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> you role-playing? That's me, Rabiris Targaryen. Horrible. And oh. uh, Rosie, the NPC. The NPC! <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. <laughs> I mean, it's very true. I'm just a humble little NPC. Hello. <laughs> what side quests do you have for me today, Rosie, the NPC? Does anyone fancy a cup of tea? Is that, is a, that side a side quest? quest? Yeah. Side quest. You have to answer yes or no. Yes. And then she punches Well, I'm afraid I'm missing the ingredients. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, Please, can you grab me some it's tea bags, some milk of preference, and some sugar? Don't get the sugar from the office, though, because it's full of ants. Oh, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> We've skipped into what's new here. Yeah, there are ants in the office, everyone. It's bad. <laughs> Anyway, to introduce the podcast, hello, welcome, we are PlayStation Access. Today we're going to be talking about video game escapism and narratives, which <gasps> is very exciting. Lots of world building, storytelling, lore dispelling fun. Wow, that yeah. was good. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to lose your way, but you didn't. You I, smashed it. Oh, I was wobbling on the tightrope. <laughs> I was wobbling. Uh, to let you know what's coming in this podcast, though, we have our main feature, which is escapism and video game narratives, as I've just said. We have comments of the week coming, which is community highlights from the hashtag PodSquad. We also have Before We Go, Before We Go, where we talk about some coverage outside of gaming. But first, I've got to ask you guys, what's new? So here we are in the what's new section. Who would it's like so to do the song? Here. It's so different here. What's new? Rob, you raised your hand. Were you going to do it then? No, I don't know why I raised my hands. <laughs> I don't know why I raised my hands. visual medium. I think what I was, <laughs> what I was thinking was why don't, we don't do the song. And we've got the, we've got the sting. We don't need to do the song. Yeah, but I yeah. like it. I need to do the song for comments of the week later on. It's just it's just a personal, what's new? It's Dave's yeah. creative flow yeah. and well, that lives on. And anyone. Yeah, that's... but you do it the best. I, I think wow, actually then just, was pretty yeah, that good really to be honest. Yeah, really hurt my feelings, actually. Yeah. <laughs> she tried quite hard on that one. Yeah. There was a little bit of vibrato I'm and sorry, everything. I'm sorry, Ash, you also do it superb, I feel like, splendidly. I feel like you in the, in the face of Marilyn all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Made Marilyn. Made, Made Marilyn. Marilyn. <laughs> but yes... What is new? Good so question. This week, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. So from the 9th to the 15th of May, it is the 14th of May upon release of this podcast. So towards the tail end of it, um, which is hosted and campaigned for by www.mentalhealth.org.uk, which has loads of great resources to look at if this is a topic that applies to you or someone in your life. Loneliness is the theme of uh, this week's 
kind of mental health week where they've previously explored body image, kindness and nature. So I just thought it might be a little bit of an interesting what's new moment to maybe talk about games that kind of focus on the human experience and loneliness in general, because there's loads out there that touch that kind of melancholic space of loneliness in a really interesting and engaging ways. So is there any that come to mind for you guys that you've played through that have kind of brought up that sense of all of my favorite games are (laughs) lonely games yeah journey what remains of edith finch dear esther journey's a really interesting one just in terms of the yes uh, it doesn't have to be lonely does it the multiplayer mechanic Mm. which i now i haven't thought about for ages and just remembered like how revolutionary revolutionary it was at the time which i don't know if anyone remembers but it was basically that just a random it was kind of like a a, yes i remember you'd be kind of invaded it would just put you together with somebody out of the blue and you just had a one button that you could communicate with which was just like a little ping and you could journey together or not that's what i liked about it is that you didn't if they appeared in your game you didn't have to stay with them they didn't have to stay with you they could if they wanted but they could just you know go off and and that would be that you could be with someone for maybe 10 seconds or the whole game. Oh, that brought a memory back. I remember playing it in my bedroom and I found someone and we went on a full little adventure together. It was lovely. We no. waited for each other. We did the little ping. That's nice. It was Nobody lovely. came into my game. No one came into my game either. That <laughs> <laughs> was very lonely. Yeah, I, uh, I played it quite a few years after release, so I understand why nobody was in my game. I do like that that was... Well, wait a minute. Of... Why was no one in my game? Well, what well, are you trying to say? I can't explain that. It's like it knows. But that's like <laughs> that's the beauty of someone being there or someone not, and a game that explores that kind of the feeling. I, I love games that have feelings to them, and films and TV and all that sort of thing that has an emotion attached to it. And I kind of feel like the lonely subgenre of games, the reflective subgenre of games, I feel like it should more be called, is really interesting. And you know, it it brings out all these different things to to think about. I've written a few more down uh, as well as Journey which is Firewatch, which I think is a great one. Exploring like the human experience of being isolated from society, but having that connection to someone in another tower that you Mm. speak to through your walkie-talkie. Amazing moment in Firewatch, isn't there? Sorry to interrupt. And it's terrifying as well. And I think we spoke about it briefly in the horror episode last time where you get radioed by your friend and she says to you, oh, what are you doing back in your tower? And you're like... I'm not in my tower. Who is then? <gasps> and it's like all of a sudden you spend so long on your own and then the thought that someone else is in your little space. Mm. Chilling. Yeah. I, I think things like Subnautica as well are, are have that, that feeling. Obviously, you're like the only person on a massive planet full of water, but it's teeming with life. It's teeming with different things, just not the life that you're used to. I also think Hollow Knight is an extremely... I was going to say Hollow Knight. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And there are people the whole way through, bugs you can talk to. There's bugs with the sickness that you're experiencing all the time. So you are, again, surrounded by life, however twisted. But it has that sense of just solitude and calm, gentle exploration and reflectiveness with this beautiful, melancholy, gloomy backtrack, backtrack, soundtrack in the background. I was thinking about uh, what remains of Edith Finch as well. It's just obviously that's like a one person's journey back through the memories 
of their family like within a house and it's it's very introspective and the whole thing is i mean it's you you don't meet anybody else mm. at any point um you just hear about them and I don't know. It's so introspective, and also for some reason, the very first thing I thought of was uh, Limbo and Inside, yeah. which are quite yeah. scary. And I, I sort of associated loneliness in that moment when you asked the question with like, with kind of being a bit scared, mm-hmm. I guess, like being completely alone um, without. I, I don't know those games in particular where you are just like a helpless boy or pretty yeah. helpless who doesn't, you know. Uh, you the player has no understanding of the world or no idea why it's like the way it is and there's no one to turn to to ask no one offering any help you just have to go through it and figure it out Um, it's super lonely for sure definitely I have this like vague memory in the back of my head which I don't think suits the game but in my head, it feels like one of these lonely reflective games, which is beyond good and evil. I think it's just because it's so pensive and you're taking pictures with the camera of like massive, like floating beasties and stuff. It's not a lonely game, but it, I remember having that feeling about it, um, which I have nothing more to say on it. Just that was a, one of the first early experiences where I was like, hmm, I've got like this pensive feeling whilst playing a game. And I think sometimes that's really effective and useful and kind of heartwarming in an ironic sense because you know someone else has felt the same way that you have or made an experience that dives into that and there is connection in that disconnect and in that isolation but at the end of the day games I'm not here as a solution they are a medium to express things in and if this is something that you're struggling with then please head to the the mental health uh, foundation website which has loads of resources so to move on to our next point for meditative games coming up which have released this week Unpacking came out this week yes at at time of recording (laughs) (laughs) NPC Rosie what happened glitch in the recording NPC Rosie had a cold last week and it's still sometimes it likes to just just hang around a little bit I'm sat next to you keep your germs to yourself I've been trying to keep my germs as much to myself as NPC Rosie's been chilling in her NPC corner what, what no one's it? been going to speak to NPC Rosie. <laughs> no. No, no, one, no, no one presses X on NPC Rosie <laughs> No one's anymore. interested in any of your side quests. No. <laughs> um, not even your, your own cosmetic, the, the face mask that My you own. could offer to Yeah, people. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Unpacking has launched this week. At time of recording for this podcast, it is the day that Unpacking is it's coming out. today. Woo! So we're going to be playing that this week in our own time, yes. <laughs> having a little bit of fun. Unpacking a life is is the theme of it, where you go through boxes and decorate rooms and kind of discover what life is within them and where it's going. So you make the story for yourself. And I'm really excited to play this. This is an award-winning game. Have you guys been looking out I've for I've been it? really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah obviously it's been it. like a very critically acclaimed and I've heard lots of buzz about it. Um, and so I'm really excited to play it. And also, uh, not to get too uh, how the sausage is made, but I've been doing a lot of packing this week mm-hmm. because um, we're hoping to move our office soon. <laughs> and so I've been like, uh, and it's kind of weirdly existential packing and unpacking, I guess, is, is, is the point. But like the number of little things I've come across and all the hopes and dreams that were tied up with those <laughs> things. Casper like Casper Yes. Casper Ball, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like um, I'm just very 
in the mood to play this game. It feels like I'm really, really ready to do it because I've been going through my own bit of packing and, and will soon be going through my own bit of unpacking. So yeah. yeah, I feel like unpacking and also kind of the the reflective games we've been talking about all tie into the video game narrative kind of theme of this week's episode. And I'm very ready for just a narrative experience after sinking so many hours into Elden Ring. I'm ready to just have like a tight little few hours thinking about life and looking at someone's story instead of carving out my own for a bit and then go back to Elden Ring afterwards like I just need a moment I uh, took some time out of Elden Ring this is just about me uh, to finish Trek to Yomi which um, Rob and I streamed last week and uh, I've been playing it since and uh, really really enjoyed it it's so photogenic did you finish it? I finished it yeah wow I really love the (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a really interesting game and I had a lot of fun with it and it's so photogenic. I took loads of screenshots, which I really don't often do. There's no photo mode or anything. I was just having to like position my character and just try and get it and try and get it mid... So many fights lost by by trying to get a screenshot. Um, But then last night, after finishing it, I went back to Elden Ring and I just could not remember how to do the (laughs) combat because I've learned this whole other system of R1 and R2 and L1 and I was just... I just floundered about for about 10 minutes and then thought, I'll come back to this another day. That is the problem with a game like Elden Ring is it can be hard to, you take a little break and you come back and it will punish you. Where have you been, boy? (laughs) It says. I've been in Yomi. (laughs) Yeah. But speaking of Elden Ring, I actually do have an interesting piece of news to finish off our what's (gasps) new section. Uh, which you guys said you hadn't heard of. Rosie, I think you have. Yeah, I've heard of yeah. it. This is, there's this legend, right, in Elden Ring, which has been a few weeks now. So this isn't like new news. This is just new news to use. Right. So what you're saying is Rob and I are really out of the loop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're old Sounds about men right. So old. We don't know about the news. <laughs> What's a meme? Was, was this on the newspaper? I only <laughs> read Broad you, Street. What Broad is this? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. So yeah, there's an Elden Ring player, right? A legendary. Okay. A legendary Elden Ring. Is this Ring. real? Oh, my not, name's not finally got out. Yes. Yeah, it is real. real. It is real. I like the two different versions of that. Dave thinking that it's him and it's, Rob it is me. questioning it's, it's existence. I'm telling you now, it's, it's not me. Sorry. Okay. I don't know what this is. Tell me. Tell me. So the name of this player is Let Me Solo Her. And they <laughs> only appear when... The circumstances are right when the full moon blazes above a head in the sky, when the grass ripples with the winds of change, when Melania, Blade of Mackella, steps forth, brandishing her weapon ready to fight. Let me solo her is available as a summon. Now, this kind of came up as someone did did their summoning to be like, oh, I'm struggling with Melania, uh, and got this person called Let Me Solo. They appeared naked with a jar on their head and two katanas, <laughs> and the, the, the player just Classic. let them solo her. So yeah, like, right, well, the name? this is confident, and just did like beautiful, masterful destruction wow. of Melania. And this is such, as, as such become a legend in the Elden Ring community. Well, Let Me Solo Her is coming to nearly 1,000 Melania kills. What? Literally, they are, they are, they are so close. Tra- how do you track that stat? I have no idea. I think they must just carve it into their skin, their naked <laughs> body every so time they defeat her. This is an actual real person. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they've called themselves Let Me Solo Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they put their sign down next to this boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then solo it. Yeah. This reminds me That's of crazy. when Nath was talking about 
beating defiled Chalice Amygdala yeah. in uh, Bloodborne and how he couldn't do it for ages until some absolute lunatic who yep. was naked turned up yep. and killed Amygdala. Maybe it's the same person. Oh, my oh God. My God. Oh, I hope so. Good bit of law there. I really hope so. Is th- that We should ask. Is it you? The famed oh, that's, yeah, we'll definitely get an amygdala. honest answer back. Yeah. <laughs> I Is think it you out there? Everyone yes. in hashtag pod squad will be like, it was me. It was, it was me. me. They know who Let Me Solo her is because they've oh. made a, a, a Reddit page to talk about their Melania experiences, which is why they know they've nearly done 1,000 Melania kills. Uh, today, we're recording this is the 10th. So I think they're doing, perhaps they'll have hit 1,000 by the time that this airs that's on Saturday. Crazy. I love this. I love this kind of, you don't get this anywhere else. Only video games. <laughs> yeah. This is like unique creation of our own stories and legends and lore that the developers would never have been able to conceive. And I always loved the idea before I ever started an MMO. Before I started Final Fantasy fourteen, I was like, I'm going to be like, I had daydreams of being the highest level possible and like appearing in the games of noobs. <laughs> A flash Killing these amazing mo- and then disappearing, and then everyone speak. Did you see? Did you see that level one hundred amazing did you, warrior? Did you see their armor? Just came through. Did you see their armor? Did you see how easily they took down the boss? I love that kind of thing. I never did it, obviously. <laughs> uh, oh, thanks for clearing that up, but, Rob. Uh, I was. The- <laughs> I must admit that it stresses me out a little bit, and just just the commitment. Oh, I just find it kind of. It must be terrifying, and like the the the. Um, bravado or the that's maybe the wrong word just the confidence to do it to call yourself that like as soon as you as soon as you don't solo her i feel like the legend's broken it's like oh yeah they came in my game but they didn't they failed i'd just be like oh so much stress self-imposed stress before we must be so good at it that they're just just no doubt how it's done i know but i just well i don't know how good you've got to be i've not done that fight yet i don't think so when you go into multiplayer in elden ring your stats also get nerfed so this person is going i'm I'm not sure if you know when i whenever i've gone into someone else's world i'm not as strong as i am if i do something like in my own game Uh so i'm presuming that this person can not only solo but can do it with the nerfs taking place as well yeah well so, they're already naked i mean that's already impressive. yeah already they naked the they must just know the moves inside out mm. and so it just doesn't matter what their stats are. how do you do it i know the moves <laughs> oh i'll tell you who else knows the moves let me solo where is rosie ah uh, no but i tell you also who knows the moves. rosie has platinum delden ring tell us I about have. that rosie oh my god yes i have platinum delden ring my big <laughs> Great. thanks rosie <laughs> that's my prep top i will see you in a I've couple of weekends of secret time dialogue options here yeah. i'm just gonna go on and on and on i just want to go on my quest every yeah. time i press x i'm skipping this dialogue so, yeah, yeah. Blap, blap. my dialogue's now i have the platinum for elden Skip. ring I have the Skip. platinum. I have, I have the platinum for Elden Ring. Just give me the face bask cosmetic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it was. Um, in all honesty, when I got it, I, Skip. I mean, <laughs> oh, sorry, Rosie. <laughs> I just that was cruel. That I mean, was I know cruel. It was. It was. Sorry, Rosie. Go on. I finished Elden Ring and I got the platinum in the same night uh, because. I finished it. I got the ending that I chose and the last two trophies I needed was the other two endings. So I was, you know, I maybe should have gone to bed, but <laughs> I was just Was so, it 9, 9.30? Uh, 
It was it was around like ten. It was around like ten o'clock, and I thought, you know, when you're doing something for the first time without knowing, you're watching all the cutscenes, and you're fully, yeah. and you do the bosses, and the final boss, I died. I think I got it in my third attempt, but you know, you do some deaths, you have to do it again. Um, but then when I went to do it for the other two endings, literally, there's a character who starts talking. I just ran in and just started slashing them. Like, come on, get out the way. I want to get the platinum. Um, but it was when I finally got it, it was such a weird feeling. And yeah, like now it's done. I was just like, my God. Next? Like, yeah. you know, I haven't been watching any films or watching TV. It's purely just been this big Have investment. Have you been eating? <laughs> I've been eating. Okay, that's good. I've been eating. I was worried. Uh, what? How do you rate it as a platinum? Like, how much did you enjoy it? Uh, do you? Do you? How do you feel about it? I really enjoyed it. Um, I most the trophies are bosses, which you know yeah. I'm really I really like that. And not only that as well, but there are so many bosses in Elden Ring. If you unless you like reveal the hidden trophies, but you don't know which bosses are going to be yeah. popping up the trophy. So literally every boss I did. I think I mentioned this in the either in the pilot podcast episode or the first episode, but I always do. When they defeated, the cool I turn around away. and walk away like nice. a boss. Yeah. So, I saw someone on Twitter doing that, Rosie, yeah. and, and um, crediting you as inspiration. Yeah. yeah. It's so satisfying. You should do a compilation. That'd be, you should do that as a short. I could. Beating bosses and walking away from them like you don't care. Like you yeah. don't. Honestly, I've done it. Every time I did, so all my uh, platinum, all my trophy screenshots, just walking away. Um, And, but in just in terms of getting the platinum, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And because I was exploring so much of the world anyway, the things uh, which are similar, you know, when you have Bloodborne, when you have to find all the certain weapons and Mm -hmm. stuff, um, most of those came naturally. However, there was one and there's like one missable trope, one missable item for this trophy. And of course, little old Rosie missed it. Um, <laughs> like, you know, the, I've been exploring the world. There's one so- line of NPC dialogue that was mistakenly done by another voice. Actor. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That was placeholder. <laughs> Rosie was ill. So they were like, oh, quick, we need this line. <laughs> little old Rosie, hello. <laughs> I'm going to make you a cup of tea. Um, because oh. that's what my NPC said earlier. But <laughs> apart from that, absolutely had a wonderful time getting the platinum with it bosses were great story was great wonderful experience no it is hard like i'm impressed with the platinum and the commitment you did to getting all the endings and going back and i just oh it sounds bonkers i'm excited to not do that me too how did alex do it in like two weeks or something he did it in like less than 100 hours yeah he did it in 90 yeah which is mad did he enjoy it did he? Did he? Rosie, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. I loved it. But Alex did say to me, he was like, because he really wanted to get it, um, he did say, he, I think he's, I recall him saying to me, uh, he felt he missed a lot of the game as well because he was purely playing yeah. it to get the trophies. Definitely, so yeah. he was like, you've probably seen so much more of the game and fought so many more bosses. I love how you're just paraphrasing Alex here. Like, you were just so much better. At yeah, this I think no, he I said, as I was saying that, I was like, oh my God, it's going to be interpreted wrong. And I don't mean it for it to come out this way, but my mouth is talking. <laughs> Guys, it's time. I'm moving us on. It's time for the main feature. Hey guys, we're in the main feature. I love yeah. it here. Yeah. How'd we get here? Whoa, a little bit of music and everything <laughs> changes. So our main feature this week is video game narratives and escapism. And I kind of bundled those together because I feel like what 
we are talking about is video games as a form of escapism. But for me, narrative is a really important part of that. So I wanted to ask you guys some questions kind of surrounding that as well. The main crux of this discussion is, can you only escape into a game if it has a linear narrative? So that's kind of the overarching question here. Do you need a narrative to use video games as escapism? So the first question that I have for you to kind of link into that is, what would you define escapism as? And do you think it's present in video games? I'm going to let someone else go first because I feel like I might have a contrary experience Ooh. of this. But so, wow. Rob or Rosie, what do you well, think? It's definitely present in video games. Absolutely. Some of my some of my favourite escapisms <laughs> have happened in video games. I absolutely don't think it's a prerequisite that a video game has a linear narrative to be able to offer escapism. In fact, my the times I have felt most escaped while playing games is when I have escaped, not just from my own life, but from the story of the game. Like my favourite game to play, which will come as probably a surprise to no one, is Skyrim. And I like, you know, my favourite way to unwind is to get lost. That's what I like to call it. So that's why I like to go on long get walks. Lost, right? <laughs> get lost. I like to get lost. Sometimes I'll just, I'll just walk. And I'll just keep walking. And I like to do that in games as well. Skyrim is brilliant for that. You don't have to do anything in Skyrim. Um, I could just pick a direction and walk and you just find things. And it, it lets your mind wonder as well. And I think there's... I like the fact that the word wonder and the word wonder... So very closely linked. I love how the, the emphasis same. on the different pronunciations. They're almost yeah. the same. There's two. There's wonder, which means to sort of walk aimlessly, and to wonder, which sort of means that can mean to think aimlessly. And I think those two two things are often intrinsically linked. Like one can lead often to the other, and that is how I like to escape in video games. But having said that my first memory of real video game escapism was Final Fantasy 7 and that was because I got so swept up in that story that I couldn't think about anything else for a good, well, three or four weeks, however long it took yeah. me to, to play through that game. Uh, you know, I'd be going to bed at night thinking about it. I'd wake up in the morning thinking about it. Um, I used to love reading fantasy literature and Final Fantasy VII was like that, but in video game form. And I remember just being completely blown away by it. Um, See, when when I think of uh, video game escapism, with escapism being this kind of form of completely forgetting about the real world and mm. diving into a new one, I totally... I love stories and I love world building and I would want to be taken on an adventure and a tale. Um, I, I, do, I do not think that a game needs a linear narrative, but I do think it does need a narrative. I, well, I disagree with that. Uh, well, I but think I'll let you fair. carry on first. Oh, thanks, Rosie. <laughs> 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 I, like that. Uh, I yeah. will permit it. <laughs> I, I think narrative is the most important feature for me. And I, I totally recognise that's not going to be for everyone. But the games that I've felt most removed from reality are ones where there is this overarching story. There's, there's a goal. There's a world that's built with lore I want to explore, with people I want to 
to talk to with a drive to even if it's just farming you know there's uh, maybe making that story for myself again there's a narrative there I need I need a story I guess it depends what you sorry to quickly put in but what you mean by story Rosie won't like this so well, when I <laughs> when I wander around <laughs> when I'm wandering around Skyrim for example I'm not following the critical path yeah but there is you know, if you want to get a bit pretentious with it, you could say there is story bound up in just the place, yeah. just existing in it. You're sort of creating your own story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yes. So this is the thing, like, I, I would probably disagree with my own question here that it needs a linear narrative. I just think story is the most important part. And I think we probably agree. Thinking of Skyrim, like my time in Skyrim was definitely super immersive because... I was taken on the stories, but I was usually following a quest or following a person or following this, that or the other. Elden Ring has been kind of the first time where I've really gone truly, oh, what's that in the distance? I'll go and look at it. But then I feel like stories kind of emerge from that and lore emerges from that and you're piecing together a narrative that makes, you know, a traversal through the beginning to the end, the linear narrative. But Rosie... Tell me your point. Well, all I was going to say was like when you said that you felt that story was pivotal for escapism. I mean, like like you were saying, I think escapism is just when if you're playing a game, you're able to completely isolate, you know, the real world and be fully engulfed in what you're experiencing. But personally, I've also found escapism in games which you know, platformers or like Cuphead, for example, mm -hmm. when I was playing that, I was so focused on the battle and the precision and getting things, you know, as good as I could possibly be. I did shut out the rest of the world. I escaped from it just so I could purely focus on what I was doing there. And like, you know, with the music playing and the visuals, I fully escaped in that little world. So I completely, you know, I've played so many wonderful games where, like you said, I haven't played Skyrim, but games similar to that where you're just walking around. Horizon Zero Dawn, when I played that, I was so ready to just be, just escape to this world with these awesome machines roaming around. Um, but all I wanted to say was that I don't think having a wonderful story is, you know, the core of it. It can also be just if you want to hone in on something. Yeah, like even, you know, like a game like Tekken 7, for example, there's a lot of people I can imagine who, let's say they've had a rough day at work, they'll come home and they will just play Tekken 7, just, you know, just completely zoning everything out and then honing in on their skills. I'm not sure if I have anything to add as such. I think like I agree, I've agreed with everything everyone said, really. The thing <laughs> I was, <laughs> which is nice. The thing I was thinking was, personally, I think I'm very bad at escapism. I don't know that I have ever truly escaped from my life into some other kind of you know into truly? a story yeah you don't, th you don't think you've ever just forgotten everything and been totally in a game no I, I like I, I feel like I've been really invested in games and whilst you were talking then I was thinking actually about stories I've been really invested in and I think actually some of the um quantic dream games have been the best for that for me definitely heavy rain and um Detroit become human I was totally invested in those games but i don't know that i i've ever escaped my life and i think like the big sort of telltale um examples of that are rpgs anything with decisions i never ever i just play as me i just play as me like kind of average nice man never do any sort of evil stuff never do anything kind of 
crazy and like i i think i think games have these amazing options for that and i always want to try and role play you know it's an rpg it's a role playing game and i always want to try and play the role but ultimately i just play dave you know in skyrim i'm just dave in skyrim or in uh, dave, i'd love that <laughs> dragonborn dave. oh <laughs> oh, okay oh, up that big mountain i'll do that later like, not doing that like I, I i'm sure that's not completely true and i've generalized about my own experience but i do think i'm really really bad at it the only time i made a real conscious decision to not be like that um was playing cyberpunk 2077 when it came out on ps5 uh, earlier this year and unfortunately it came out right before horizon forbidden west and then it came out, which then came out right before Elden Ring. And so I only played a couple of hours of it before I then played Horizon and then I played Elden Ring. But for those couple of hours, I decided, before I started playing, I made a real conscious effort. And I think this is because we had done our um, tabletop RPG on the, on the channel where I was Jimmy Mutiny. I didn't think I'll be Jimmy Mutiny, but I thought I'm going to really try and play a character. So I thought about... Uh, the character I wanted to play. I wanted to play as a really evil corporate woman. Um, and I did that for about three hours. I really enjoyed it. And it like it changed the game for me, like thinking like, not what would Dave do in this world, but like, who is my character and what does she, what would she do? How would she take someone being insubordinate and stuff like that? Um, so I feel like there's this whole, like, whole massive world of escapism that i've just like barely scratched the surface of i've definitely had lots of zen experiences of games you know like we've talked about playing gran turismo and stuff where you Mm. just are going round and round and round and my mind like escapes the shackles of the everyday there and i listen to music and have like a very very nice zen kind of transcendent almost time but i i've when we think about narrative especially i i feel like i'm very tied to me and my morals and my experience of life and i kind of regret that i don't i see this is interesting because i i had some questions about whether you play as you or another character in my little plan sheet yeah but i don't hearing you say that i don't think escapism needs to be you're totally someone else like you are a brand new person with no ties to your life i feel like putting yourself in another location where all your worries melt away and now you're worried about saving the world from evil galactic monsters who feast on brains is still a form of that so my interpretation of what you're saying would still absolutely fill fill the role of escapism you're still getting out there you're still doing something different you're still engaging with this world in a super immersive way um but i don't think you need to box yourself off by saying i must be a different character no i suppose it's not just that i I do think that that's a big part of it is like you know i hear rob talking about being the uh taxi driver serial killer yeah that's just Um, rob you're right what am I talking about? That's, <laughs> Rob, you've, you've got to escape that in video games. Escape the day-to-day. Um, it's, a, it's less escapism and more liberation, isn't it? Mm. Video games also permit you to... <laughs> Be a serial killer. Do things without <laughs> consequence. Yeah. yeah. And to, you know... <laughs> I don't want to go too much further into this because you get the usual, oh, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob. <laughs> that is how we talk. Lol. I do think like um, I was just thinking then when you when you were saying about escaping into a world, I'm quite bad as well at consuming. I, I feel quite guilty about not 
consuming everything a world has to offer. For example, I think a good one of that, everybody loves The Witcher 3. And I think that everyone loves it a lot more than me. And I think one of the reasons for that is that I find it, I'm not very good at consuming lots of lore that there is out there. Hmm. Um, you know, there's lots of, that people really pay attention to side quests and written bits and pieces in that game and the cutscenes and the story. And I just, I'm quite like a gameplay driven character. So mm. if it's not directly from gameplay, I don't take it on as well, I think. That's why I really enjoy something like Elden Ring because so much of the um, the experience is right there in front of you. Like the wonder of it isn't tied up in conversation. There, obviously, there are weird conversations, but they're actually kind of few and far between. When you meet someone who speaks, I sort of like take it on the chin. But like just the world, what is going on is there in your face all the time. You know, like the questions are being asked all the time and it's not confined to cutscenes or particular side quests even. It's just like the exploration of the world is um, has loads and loads of narrative to consume. And I find it easier to escape through gameplay than like through actual kind of like conversations and story yeah see this is another interesting thing that i had in my bullet points about whether you you prefer like a story or gameplay um because there's a whole world of multiplayer that we haven't spoken about which i would still argue is a form of escapism i wouldn't even argue it i would just say it's a type of escapism where you and your friends or you and some strangers can all bundle into a game do something that has like no story no purpose just mess around but free of the constraints and liberating as, as rob would say yourself from you know the the everyday existence and that is something completely different that takes you out of the real world and immerses you somewhere else as well which is really interesting like something like rocket league where you're playing like giant ball cars <laughs> as, <laughs> as giant it's called ball car, or you know uh, when i've played like couch co-op games like overcooked and even then when you're in the room with someone else it's still you're 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 in the kitchen is where you are you're in the kitchen everything changes like i turn into a different person when i play that because i'm screeching at people and I make them call me chef because it's just it, it, oh this God. is how it is it's like yeah, I don't chef, know why we haven't no streamed chef. this yet. Call me chef <laughs> yeah well we did we played we did. a little bit on the we channel we streamed it when you were on holiday oh I see yeah you decided to go on holiday when they released the, the brand new Overcooked that was package. very smart of me it I was, think it was funny it was funny I booked it into the, the calendar got the code sorted then was like bye <laughs> <laughs> bye chef is what they all said uh, but yeah I, I think there's, there's an interesting fact asset of escapism to be explored there because like Rosie and Rob would you kind of agree that multiplayer has the same sort of escapism for you as something as with a narrative like this is where the linear narrative or like narrative in general becomes the 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 bridging point do you think it needs that story or do you think you can get the same level of escapism from playing around with your mates messing around absolutely I don't think it needs it but what constitutes escapism for one person is going to be different to another and i think all forms of escapism are valid like you can absolutely get escapism through playing multiplayer me personally not so much um but i have done in the past when metal gear online first came out when metal gear solid 3 subsistence was released (laughs) i very much threw myself into that it's a different type of escapism isn't it it's like a it's more like a hobby you enjoy. You know, the escapism of being lost in something fun that you do with your friends. You know, you could say playing football is escapism. Mm. Um, if 
by definition, escapism means getting away from the stresses and worries of real life. Mm. Um, I was going to say, like, I, th- I think that, um, you know, because I said I don't think I'm so good at consuming stories, but then when you've spoken about multiplayer, I was going to say one of the big powerful, powerful things about multiplayer, I think, is that the stories that come out of that you write them and I, I don't mean like in world stories as much as just like things that happen I can think of anecdotes. so many sorry anecdotes anecdotes yeah, yeah I can think of so many anecdotes that I could tell you about multiplayer games I've played in the past like very specific things that wouldn't be very interesting to you but like with the people I played with we can like oh you, do you remember and that made me thinking uh, that made me think about our Master League Rob that yes. was like that was huge escapism actually and you know the we play with the the original Master League team. <laughs> so I've just seen Rosie Nash just roll her eyes. Yeah, like <laughs> back away from the microphones. Yeah, yeah. Like we won't need to speak for a while. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, we play with the original um, Master League players and that means they don't come with any backstory. I mean, I don't really follow football, but Rob does. And so if he plays with Ronaldo, that means something to him. But if he plays with Petorbanov, who's not real. A pretend player. Uh, then... Petorbanov is a blank slate and he his story becomes clear by playing the game with him and we find out like the if he's good if he's bad what he's good at all that kind of stuff and so that that was like a you know Rob and I played every lunchtime for like three years probably at least when we went on a trip once we took Pez to the hotel and we must have stayed up playing Pez for five hours yeah. that night. And it was all about the story. Great. It's all about the story. Like our team, a rubbish team. <laughs> they t- don't care, Dave. Look take, at- I know. Like, oh, well done. <laughs> Get on with it. Taking them, but, <laughs> but taking it, I'm quite excited about this because I'm like, I'm not very good at escapism. And then I realised like, I had this whole massive bit of escapism and it was about the story. Like it just happened to be told through football, which is something I'm not very interested in. But I was invested in this team and their story. And, you know, our story of trying to like win stuff so we could get some money to buy better players to make you know it's it all sounds quite boring but it was great and it was was escapism and uh so i think multiplayer games i mean that was just co-op obviously um and you can have that experience without it being multiplayer but it was great like robin i shared that and i think it made it more powerful if it was just me on my own i probably would have given up eight you know i wouldn't have even started playing but because we did it together it was uh, a lot of fun and it made it much more kind of like i was much more invested in it that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> We've kind of got Rosie that and Ash back cut. now. You can come back in now. <laughs> I have another question just to kind of round this off. Is there anything you felt like so immersed in? Because I feel like that's the key word here is immersion. Is there anything you felt so immersed in that you've just not cared about the story at all? Like it's whether that's through writing your own or being so present in the moment that nothing else kind of mattered in the game. Is there a game that kind of stands out to you that had that experience or you know if 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 that's a struggle for something to come up with off the top of your head then a video game narrative that stuck with you I go on sorry I was just going to quickly say I mean I know these games have really 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 good stories um but from software titles for me in all honesty like I love the stories and I love the videos that people create afterwards when people have gone in depth reading every single thing talking to every single character and then piecing together and I love trying to like piecing together the story and I love trying to figure that out myself but I still get just as that same sense of escapism just being 
uh, me, like Rosie the Strong Knight who handles a heavy shield, heavy armor and a heavy sword. So I, I still become that character even when I don't know what's going on in the story. Like if something happens, I'm like, oh, I remember something referencing that. Oh, oh, I understand what's going on here. But if there's something where I don't know what's going on or why a certain character suddenly appears, I'm like, hey, I'm still completely immersed in this world. I will, you know, I'll look into this once I've done this fight or something like that. I totally agree. I'm I'm the same. I'm not smart enough or attentive enough to understand the stories in the From Software games, but I've loved being in those worlds and I like, you know, I've been completely immersed in them without having a clue what I'm doing or why I'm doing it a lot of the time. Yeah, like a big thing happens in the story and the character's like, you did a thing. And it's like, yeah, (laughs) I did the thing. But no, yeah, I could still get completely escaped in those worlds. And I love them to pieces. And I love learning about the story afterwards from people who were much smarter than I am, who can piece it all together. But it's, yeah, it's not my key reason for escaping in those games. To be honest, speaking personally, like I said, I'm quite bad at stories. I'm quite bad at following along. Apart from the big key beats, I don't get too invested in stories, but I do think I get immersed in the world. So I'm quite good at doing that. I think that I'm missing a lot of the point. I think I miss a lot of the joy there is to be. I'm kind of jealous of people who really get into stories, know these characters and feel every sort of moment. Um, But I'm much more of a gameplay based player, generally speaking. So I do feel like I'm immersed in worlds. And so often the story isn't as important to me personally. So I think that's true of like a lot of a lot of games, really, unless it's very simple. I just follow the key beats. Apart from that, if it gets too much into nuance, um, I kind of I think it's lost on me, which makes me a little bit sad. If we're talking about immersion as like a visceral experience of feeling like you're in a place, regardless of what the story is, I think for me, Death Stranding is is up there. Yeah. Um, rarely have I encountered a video game world that I think so... Oh, I don't know what the word would be. So powerfully captures that feeling of being in a place than Death Stranding does. Um I don't know whether I I've, I don't know whether it's something to do with the lighting, like it's a very natural looking light in that game. Um, just the huge expanse of world there is. Also, it doesn't look like a video game. Like open world video games often have a look to them. Like you can you can see the gaminess in them sometimes. Like you see a mountain and it'll have you can see a path of where your character is supposed to traverse up the mountain. You can see coloured handholds and, you know, you know where the game wants you to go. Whereas Death Stranding looks like, it looks like just a chunk of earth. Like the na- the mountains and the rivers and all of the landscapes look so natural. That's the um, stuff you like. I do like it. Um, and obviously a lot of playing Death Stranding is, is walking around delivering stuff. Um, but being in that place, you know, I felt, I felt cold. You could almost smell the rain. Um, fantastic. So in terms of just being, just being immersed in a game, Death Stranding for me. I feel like I've spoke about this on the channel, but the most immersed that I've ever been in a story outside of just playing it and enjoying it was when I started having dreams about Dragon's Dogma that I was like in I forgot the about this. Yeah, it's like, so good. I when I get really, really invested in something, like I get a bit 
tunnel visioned on it like I'm like right okay yeah this is my favorite thing ever I'm going to learn everything about it and do everything in it and watch videos on it and you know everybody has their thing that they're like right yeah okay and Dragon's Dogma was the one for me with that where I was just exploring everything and doing everything and it seeped into my subconscious brain and I kept having dreams where I was like a person who could transform into a dragon who was trying to save the cities and I died in battle and (gasps) woke up and oh it was it was really stressful because in the dream it had really lasted for about five years like years had passed and I oh woke my up God. it was like Narnia it was fully like Narnia I woke up and I was like I'm a school child <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, but I've lived intense. so many lives <laughs> wow I love that especially because it's Dragon's Dogma which is like a, a slightly lesser well talked about I think RPG yeah to yeah. be uh, you know to be fair I remember Rob uh covering that on access when we first started i think that's great I, yeah. i'm a bit jealous i'd like to have an immersion so deep i where want to dream i have a five-year <laughs> dream yeah where i can turn into a dragon oh well it, it's ups and downs let me tell you get it because i'm on the wind very good <laughs> <laughs> i think kind of one last question i do want to ask i know we're, we're running a bit long on this bit but i do want to ask is are you more drawn to games where you can create your own character and you are the dragonborn, you are, you know, a random knight, you are the chosen one, whoever, who has this name, but is your own malleable character? Or do you like playing as a person with a personality like your Geralt, like, you know, your your Nathan Drake? What are you drawn to that, that makes you feel more in, involved in these stories? Or is it mix and match? I think mine's quite obvious. As I've said, probably, like, I tend to play as Dave, so I quite like playing as Geralt or as Nathan Drake or whoever because I can piggyback on them. I can see how they deal with situations. Template escapism. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you still have to make decisions in those games and and then the Dave seeps in. I'm not very good at thinking, like, what would Geralt do? Um, I just think, I'd be nice. Um, (laughs) So I quite like... And also, I'm bad. I just... I don't like the stress of character customization. I hate it because I'm like, how do I... I don't know what character I should make. I don't know what character other people expect me to make. I don't know how to make the character if I can even think of one. I find it very stressful so i either like hit random a few times or just go with the default this character. surprises me so much as like a dungeons and dragons like tabletop player i know you <laughs> play that i do I, I do i play a star wars one uh and yeah but it's the only one i play and i, I yeah maybe i'm not very good at that <laughs> you'd, have to ask, you'd have to ask my friends but yeah i do i really get stressed out by character customization and i i like i like being told a story i think and it and the choice I don't like it's like decision fatigue ask me to make a, dis- a decision or a choice and I get quite stressed out about coffee it what, tea. what's the right what right now I'd yeah. have a coffee but well, like you know, forever <laughs> I don't know like I um, you know I do I get stressed out what's the right choice what's the right choice so, <laughs> joke question you still manage to stress him out <laughs> <laughs> exactly so I personally I like I like being given a ready-made character with a personality and an adventure and I like I like enabling them to have their adventure and I watch how they feel about things. Yeah. I love both of them equally. I mean, I'm someone I get very invested in 
characters who you know are pre-made already in the world and i get very invested in a character that i've customized and called rosie um like that's yeah. the trick like, call I, it rosie and she's call invested. It rosie like i hear when rob's like oh roberis and stuff oh rob rob roberis targaryen yeah when yes. i hear your stories and i'm there i'm like okay i should i should try and come up with a name and the best name i came up with was Rosie the third when I did a Final <laughs> Fantasy fourteen character. Not even the first yeah, Rosie. Why would you be the first Rosie? Because I was looking around my room for inspiration and I saw my uh, Blu-rays and I had Loop on the third there and I was like, Rosie the third. Boom, that's my fantasy name. So okay. that's where Rosie the Third came from. But like, I'm terrible like at coming it. up with names and stuff. Um so like I and yeah, like I said, any character I get fully invested in and I love them all to pieces. So I have a, as equally a wonderful time and escape in the universe, no matter who I'm playing. I also love it as well in games like if you're playing Dead by Daylight and like if if you're the, the killer in Dead by Daylight, Rob, you did it brilliantly where one time you were the killer and you fully became the killer. You fully just, you just went like completely silent apart from just every now and then you just hear you say like a, Yes, or something, and then you kill like a do. killer. <laughs> like a, I don't, I don't know what you did, but you fully is, you became the role. I think that's like you became the role of the killer. House. You would know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you do it, Rob? Was, How did like, you imagine what kill. it was to be a killer so well? I just don't know. How did How you do, do it? How do I act so well? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, both experiences just as easily and fun yeah i think it's interesting because rob you call yourself roberis targaryen roberis targaryen yeah it's just a more in interesting everything. name yeah, than robert pearson isn't is, it is, is that <laughs> a guy is that a no, character you play no no no. it's a blank slate okay depending on what game it is i just think roberis targaryen is a more interesting name than robert or would you call your cyberpunk character roberis no, targaryen? no 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 i'd right. absolutely when i do get around to playing cyberpunk i'm gonna be mj kefahuchi if i can yeah because that was fun um some games don't even have enough space to be Roberis Targaryen, yeah. literally. Oh, I love those moments. <laughs> and in which case, I'm just Roberis. Um, but I like both equally. Be more relaxed. I agree with know? Rosie. I like both equally. I like being Cloud Strife in Final Fantasy Seven yeah. and feeling cool and powerful. But equally, I like it when I've got to the end of something like Skyrim and my character that I have created is the champion of Skyrim, the Dragonborn, the guild master of the Mages Guild, the head of the companions, the and leader of the Dark Brotherhood. I was saying also the listener. <laughs> the list, yeah. All of these titles and I've got all the sets of armour and I feel like the world is reacting to me. Um, but really, if everyone goes and plays those quests, they will be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it doesn't bother me either way. Yeah, I, I'm definitely a mix and match kind of gal. Well, I, I like both the, the pre-made characters and making my own. I ne was never, ever, ever any good at making names because I always wanted like an original name. Like I got so worked up about doing them that when it came to making my Mass Effect character that like I played loads of Mass Effect. I loved my Shepherd, But my character's name was because I just <laughs> pressed as many letters as I could. So I was like, I'm not oh, going to see God. their first name and I'm not having her called Jane. So I never calls her Shepherd, So it's just going to be... <laughs> 
customization in Elden Ring. It was so detailed, and I just could not get the face to look. I always try customization. I always try to make it look like me. Elden Ring, I did not. I <laughs> nose ridge couldn't I do just it. Don't bother. So like, who I didn't know what the underside of their eyes looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I did. So eventually, I just gave up, and like my Elden Ring character had a really like flat nose and really pouty lips because I tried. And then there's one cutscene where my character didn't wear the helmet. <gasps> and like, and I was like, oh my god, I look hideous in this, <laughs> like a pivotal cutscene point. The one moment where, because I like you, I was like, I'm wearing a helmet. You're not going to see it. I always wear a helmet that pretty much covers my face. Bloodborne, <laughs> I'm wearing a golden pyramid, so yeah. you don't. Need, no one knows what my face is like. I, oh, can we see? Can we see what your Bloodborne character looks like? That would Take be fun. off the Let's helmet. Take off the helmet. I do love this. This is a unique thing to video games, isn't it? When your customised character appears in a cutscene with other really well-designed characters. Yeah. And remember the last, well, maybe two or three general elections ago now, there was a place where, you know, one from the fringe parties was there, dressed up like multicolored clown outfit, basically. And there was a meme that was like, "When your character appears in a cutscene, <laughs> <laughs> all these, M- all these uh, MP candidates just lined up in suits, and this one clown as well." <laughs> That's what it's like. Oh, right, guys, that was a lovely chat. Thank you. But now we're going to move on to the comments of the week. So it's time to get your singing voices ready. Oh God, I forgot. Who's starting? You. Oh, okay. Wait, which way are we going? This way. Same as <laughs> always. We always go. Okay. Episode four. We can do this. It's time. 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 Thank you, everybody. <laughs> so it's time for comments of the week, which is from our hashtag Pod Squad. Pod Squad. Pod Squad. So the Pod Squad are lovely folk who use the hashtag Pod Squad in their comments and or social media interactions for us to read out on the podcast. Not podcast. 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 Uh, and then Alex looks at them all and makes me a nice list. So Shout thank you, out Alex. to Alex. Thanks, Alex. Alex. So the first one is from Jem Duduku, who says, loving the hashtag play station access hashtag podcast and hashtag pod squad but sorry covering to tell. all the bases there <laughs> my comment will be read and it has been yeah, yeah. there has we go fair play but sorry to tell oh actually oh, i don't want to no. read it. i don't want to read this Oh, really? I don't okay. read it. Okay, don't I've read it. I've decided I'm not going to read it. Don't read okay. it then. I am going to read it. But I'm sorry to tell you, Thomas Crapper didn't invent the flush. <gasps> you were so sure. No. It was John Harrington during the reign of Queen Elizabeth I. Oh. So who was no. Thomas Crapper then? <laughs> he, he, in, he invented... I saw another comment about this, which I chose not to engage with. Um, <laughs> the, he invented the... I saw it too. The, the ball cock. The flushy pull, yeah. Yeah, and maybe yeah. the U-bend. Yeah. But so he did, have, he did have a hand in the toilet. He had several hands, <laughs> maybe a foot. Yeah, he was involved. We've also got one that Alex has collected, which is about 
what we look like and what names suit us. Now, if you haven't seen our YouTube channel where we appear, this is very interesting, I think, because what names do you think we'd have if we hadn't told you them? Well, is this so, a comment what? from a listener? Uh, an only a no, listener? no, this is, this is from a viewer. Okay. Um, so RD Clark 1994 says, Pod Squad, when I first showed my wife this channel, she couldn't remember everyone's name, so she came up with names for you all instead based on what she thought you looked like. I'd love to know what you think of them and whether you agree or disagree with the name she chose. And it's she thought we looked as in like yeah. you look like a uh, Steve or whatever yeah. well I, you'll see what you look yeah, like yeah oh god we've got I the name I bet you look yeah, like yeah. Steve now okay <laughs> and as a cheeky bonus for you to give my lovely wife Eloise a shout out as we've had some hard times recently and it'd be great for her to hear this from her new favourite channel shout out Eloise hi Eloise, hi, Eloise. consider yourself may rescind out. this shout out if we don't like the names you're yeah. about to yeah. give <laughs> that's right <I> okay. <laughs> may so, retract this uh, my name I'm quite happy with my name okay Roxy Wow! Oh, blimey! I can see that. Roxy, Roxy, I feel like metal thing going on. I, I, I feel like you know the uh, the the love interest, a manic pixie dream girl love interest with a name like Roxy. Roxy, like, wow! wow. I'm just going, she's trouble. I'm just going. <laughs> 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 Rosie's got one very similar. Robin. Robin oh. with a Y, with a Y or with an I. My grumpy's called Robin with an I. Okay. Oh my my grumpy's called Robin with really? an I. She read you. She my, read you. She knows my grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Robin. Okay. And then you guys' names yes. are also of an essence as well. So oh well, Rob, Rob, Robin, Roxy. Yeah, Dave. You've you've got a similarly man name, which oh. is Mark. <laughs> that's great uh, Mark oh that's because of Peep of Show it's because Mark. of Peep Show I'm Mark, Mark from Peep Show brilliant just like Dave Mark I don't know it's yeah, the same blah. I like it Nathan's middle name is Mark yeah. is it yeah. oh Nathan I forgot about him uh, yeah I remember him <laughs> Nate's also down here Nate's is William 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 like Bill Regal Billy no he'd be a William He'd be a full name, William. William. Yeah. Like he's a Nathan, not a Nate. Yes, yeah. definitely not. Don't call no, him Nate. Don't call him Nate. Everyone like he that. hates it when he's yeah. called Nate. Just yeah. if you guys are just podcast listeners, Nathan is a part of PlayStation Access, a well, founding member. He's yeah. dead now. Small part. Yeah. 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 Well, rest in peace. Gone and forgotten. <laughs> he's, he's left to do more behind the scenes stuff, which is why he's not on the podcast. But Rob, yours is Martin. Martin, 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 and Mark. Oh my god, I can see Martin. I can see Martin. Why Martin? I don't know. Did you do it in a Rob voice? By accident, I did. Yeah, Martin. Martin. Hello, I'm Martin. Hello, hello. You've caught me writing my birth certificate. Not Martin. Marty at the party. Do you like it, Rob? Sorry, you mean Martin. Uh, no, I <laughs> yeah. no, I don't like being called Martin. Martin. <laughs> I, think, I, th- I think the reason I don't like it is because it probably suits me. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I don't like Mark either, yeah. I think Eloise has made some very astute observations. Yeah. She sort of somehow captured our personalities in these fake names that we've been given. Yeah. yeah, I like Robin for mine. I like Roxy. You both got cool names. Yeah, brilliant. Sorry. Robin, well Roxy, Mark, and Martin are cool Mark names. Oh, shut up, Rosie! I'm sorry to any Mark or Martins Welcome. listening. <laughs> They're not cool names. Neither is Dave. Neither is Rob. We've got rubbish, boring names. <laughs> 
Welcome to the PlayStation Xbox <laughs> podcast with Mark and Martin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, I think Ash and Rosie are cool names. They are cool names. Ash and Rosie are cool names. I like my name. That's it. I like Rosie's name. Not Rosie, though. No, I like them both. I like your guys' Nice, friendly name, Rosie. Friendly name. And Robin's a cool name and Roxy's a cool name. Yeah. If you want more horrible introspection about ourselves, though, we've also got a comment from Mischief Goblin that Alex oh, has lined up, which go. says, Pot Squad, if the team was supernatural creatures. So, Ash, okay. again, another cool one. I'd be a lich, an undead mastermind behind the horror. Fine, good. Horned King, that's me, well from played. Black Aldrin. Yeah. Rosie would be a Kelpie, an innocent-looking thing that hides a dark side. Oh, yeah, that is a really good one. I was really like, what's a Kelpie? One. I thought it was a fish, but... Yeah, it's like a, a water creature. I think it's kind of like a seahorse mermaidy. It's definitely a water creature, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think, it, I think they're like seaweed horses is what is in my head, but I could be wrong. I, I'm I'm vibing with this. Yeah. My Robin horoscope the is seaweed horse. Oh, I mean, cool. my my horoscope is a Pisces. Yeah. So I am one with the fish. Wonderful. I am a fish. Well, you guys, uh, Rob would be go. a vampire. So like Ash, there you go. You're a master of trickery, but you have a totally different flair. <laughs> <laughs> What's the flair? I don't know. Just like a you know a cool debonair. Suave <laughs> Martin the Vampire. <laughs> Martin no. the Suave You sucked the life out of everything. Yeah, we did see... Oh! Oh! I was going to say, we did see your beautiful new clothes. They were very suave. <laughs> <laughs> That's Martin. Anytime Rob's looking good from now on, I'm going to call him Martin. Martin. <laughs> I'm getting the hypnotic vampire glare. Here. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, using Rob, his fluence on you. Rob Move thinks on. that he's been mocked a lot this week when actually we've complimented him on loads of stuff and yeah. he just thinks it's mocking, but it's not. He's not it used was to all the compliments. compliments were delivered in such a mocking way. No, I told you I liked your hair. I said it was a good haircut. Yeah. Say exactly how you said it. You did say it in a. In I'm a sorry, I missed this. So I'm excited. You do have to do it now because I want to uh, hear. Okay, all right. I said, like your hair, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would make me feel sad. But well. I, I just meant to be like, I, what I meant to say was, oh, my friend, you've had a haircut. Looks good. Thumbs up. Right. Like, but that would be even weirder. To be fair, and I complimented everybody. It's just you took particular offence because you yeah. were looking particularly good. Yeah, but you did stare. You came in. And in an annoyed way, you said, why does everyone, why is everyone dressed so well today? Yeah, because I thought I'd forgotten something. I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to look like a, stick out like a sore thumb here. Literally everybody in the office was looking super smart. It's true. But you did then, you did then turn to Rob and go, oh, look at you, Mr. Fresh Shirt. Well, I think it was just, it was a bit <laughs> more unusual did. for Rob. It was un- more unusual for Rob to uh, oh, Rob's look so... <laughs> he keeps going, he's digging. Sorry, <laughs> and, uh, and Rosie also mocked Rob, calling him the old man before we started this podcast. Yeah, no, she that wasn't completely me. Alone, and I, was she no, that? And I wasn't involved. involved. No. Ash started it. I did nothing. Ash, no. Robert Dave was saying how the channel's been around for 10 years because someone was interested <laughs> in us. what we and talk then, about outside and of Ash, <laughs> <laughs> And then Ash was in the corner and she just been went, around 10 years. Ten years. Ten years. <laughs> Ash started it. She was in the corner and she went, Oh, 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> I was there from the very beginning. Yeah. And so she started and then I just You're pitched You're saying in. The, the evil master hum- mastermind behind the scenes. Yeah. No. Yeah. The, the, the lich. lich. Oh yeah, Dave, you. Yeah. Uh, you just oh yeah, for, it's like a pawn. You'll yeah. just be like a... What ju- am I? This is what it literally says. Dave would be a ghost forced by us and his friends' colleagues to relive the horror that ended him. So yes, a pawn. Oh great, like a stone <laughs> tape just like re- re- reliving over and over and over again my yeah. terrible death. Yeah. Brilliant. Good. 
Who was that from? That <laughs> Mischief Goblin, Brilliant. appropriately. Mischief Goblin. You're watching out. You're now. on the list. <laughs> Mark the Tormented Ghost. <laughs> oh, I, like, I do appreciate Kelsey. this when they come in, not as questions, though. They've actually given us... Yeah, I'll are. tell you yeah, what yeah. I think. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I do like it when you do. Yeah, we're not even not about us. Just like here's what I think. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drop. Uh, you do have one question to finish this off, though, Rob, oh. from Josh Schumacher, who says the real question for Rob: Does Andy Circus know about your golem? No, he does not. Because the one time I met Andy Circus, I was under strict instructions not to talk to him about Lord of the Rings, which. How did you not explode? Which meant, well, because I'm a professional. <laughs> so I was doing my job. <laughs> uh, he was a very, very nice man, though. And I suspect, had I actually done the Gollum impression, he would have been very gracious and accommodating. I thought you were going to say grateful and, yeah, then. <laughs> I, not, <laughs> and I do regret it. I do regret just not, you know. When am I ever going to meet Andy Circus again? I, After yeah. it was finished, I should have just gone... Precious or something. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, I love the idea that you'd man. say by and what? Like, because in your head, what's the perfect thing for happen to happen? Is it for him to turn around and do Gollum back at you, and then you like embrace and you just Gollum at yeah. one another? Yeah. I imagine you just go, "Yep, bye." Like, <laughs> I like to think he turned around and do like you know the finger guns of ah. Like, you, I don't think he'd do that. Imagine if he did though. Imagine, Imagine if you just carried on walking and you just quietly to yourself was like, this has definitely happened to him a million times. And I think he turns around and he goes, that's one of the best I've heard. And then he walks away. He would say he that to me, though. He doesn't he mean it. say it to me. I've daydreamed about doing my God and Precious <laughs> Randy Circus and him going, that's the best I've ever heard. Wow. <laughs> That would definitely be the case. So, no, I think he is not aware of it. I didn't do it in front of him and I regret it. Well, on that note, let's move on to Before Please. We Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here we are, Before We Go. We're back. No, oh. we delete. Shush. Sorry. So here we are, Before We Go. And now the musical sting. And now we're back. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> that was so aggressive. Oh, Can we talk now? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, Miss Millman. <laughs> this is my podcast. I'm hosting and you will be silent when I demand it. So before we go, does anybody have anything they'd like to share? I do. I do, everyone. Oh, go on then. Go on. There's ants in the office. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I no, haven't I seen actually... any of them. I haven't seen any of the ants because they're, they're down at Grand Zero, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, away from our sky. Not palace. up in the cloud district. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't the... mean anything to anyone who's not doesn't work in our office, Rob. But it will do now when yeah. we explain it. There's on, an then. upstairs like and downstairs. downstairs and upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> we call downstairs Grand Zero and we call upstairs the cloud district. Yeah. Which is where we, we work in the cloud district. We do. And there's a, there's a floor above that where the studio is. And oh, that doesn't have a name. No, no it doesn't. That's so lofty. It Upstairs. That's Heaven. for the, the special people only. You have to have VIP access. But we're leaving where the ghost soon. mark haunts it. Yeah. We are leaving soon. And we're going to have many floors there as well. <laughs> same amount of floors. Oh, there's the same amount of floors? I think so. That's exciting. Well... Yeah, but the the ground floor there is just a door, basically. Do we I, know who's going to be on what floor yet? You're going to be on your own floor and the rest of us will be <gasps> on a different floor. Don't worry, we'll still hear you, Rosie. Okay, yeah. then fine, I'll make sure you hear me. Every now and then I'll <laughs> go to the floor and I'll just go... Oh. <laughs> so you all hear me. Remember your little your little fiend upstairs. <laughs> How could we forget? I do have something for the before we go, besides the ants, yeah. which is a new podcast I've been listening to, right? Oh, go on. A spooky one. 
Oh, and it's, it's it's really good. I don't think you guys have, have heard of it. So it's called Uncanny. Oh, no way. Rob's face is just so still. This is the one that Rob recommended. It was good. I listened have to you, this you've listened to an episode? Yeah, this morning. Which one? Number one? Uh, yeah, the 611. Oh, room 611. scary, isn't it? It's really good. How many it wasn't you, what I expected. How many have you listened to? One. Did you find it scary? I found it interesting. I found then it you'll be fine. chilling, that's, you know? Yeah. Do you know how many I've listened to? Zero. Ten. <gasps> have you listened to all of them? Yeah. So uh, fifteen. If, if you've uh, listened to two thirds of them. Yeah. If um, if anyone has seen on the channel that uh, whilst Ash and Rob were making the Lego toolnet on the stream, me and Emily were filming. Uh, we we did a stop motion making of the Lego toolnet. Please watch. Please it. watch that video. It's please, amazing. Please watch, watch it. it. Please. Uh, it's a short on the channel. Enjoy. It's amazing. Um, <clears throat> and obviously. It took a long time. It took a very long time. And there's no audio in that video because it's just pictures. It's just literally pictures. So we needed something to listen to. And Rob had gone on about Uncanny. So I thought, well, let's <laughs> give it a go. go. I was like, Emily, are you feeling brave? <laughs> I'm like, if either of us gets too scared, let's just say, and we'll stop listening to it. But we, but we didn't. We listened to about six episodes, I think. And then I listened, I've listened to four since on my own. Uh, it reminds me a lot of um, Haunted on Netflix, which is like a series of people's experiences uh, that they've had and they sit around and tell their friends and family in a little circle and then uh, there is a reenactment of what they've been through in like spooky, creepy ways. But the important part is like hearing them talk about it. Uh, it reminds me of that and I really liked Haunted. So in, you know what? I, I put it off too long and canny and I'm glad I've listened to your recommendation and I'm enjoying it and I'm going to listen to some more, Rob. Good, I'm glad. You know that I said that I uh, couldn't listen to the Battersea Poltergeist because it, it brought a poltergeist into my house. Yes. Oh, yeah. I have not been able to listen to Uncanny in my house. That's a rule I've set. I can only listen to it outside of my house. Fair enough. And even then, I'm having to dial back on it a little bit because the other night I got, I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and I was just like... I was just yeah, like bad, it? convinced. Not that I wasn't convinced I was being watched or anything or that there was a presence. I just felt like I'm going to see something. Yeah. I'm going to see something. I had that I'm going to see something. Just putting the bins out at night yeah. has never bothered me before. And all of a sudden, it sort of does. It bothers yeah. me because there's a fox that comes tips me bin over. <laughs> That's really? no fox, That's Ash. Well, it's it, a badger. It uh, might be a badger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, there's, you know, I live in quite a rural area. There's lots of, there's often owls. So I go outside to put the bin out, and from maybe Ooh. half a mile away, you just hear There's an owl in here. just <laughs> echoing, um, and I just feel all the time. <laughs> oh, that's good. How'd you do that? That is not a uh, documentary. That's Ash, everyone. Oh, oh there we go. There we, there we go. Oh. I wish you could see us doing this. Your eyes widen. <laughs> like blowing up a balloon right now. There's a little one. A little owl. A little baby owl. Well, you can't be scared of hearing owls putting the bins out anymore, yeah. Rob. You just have to picture Ash doing her owl Ash impression. Ash stood in yeah. a tree. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw the shadow man. I did see the shadow what? man. What? I told you about my sleep paralysis. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, awful. so I have seen the uncanny beings. <sighs> yes. In the- Do Let's you think, as someone who lives with sleep paralysis, that that could be an explanation for what they're experiencing? Oh, I don't yeah, want to Yeah, 100%. About this. Well, I don't... I had it once. I, I get nightmares a lot, but... <laughs> goth. Uh, but... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I've had sleep paralysis once 
maybe maybe twice because I saw this guy a few times. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And from friends' experiences and family experiences who've had sleep paralysis or have been on medication that's like changed the way that they sleep and interact with sleep and that like line between being awake and asleep, you see some weird stuff that's like if you if you didn't know that it was because of these chemical reactions or you weren't aware that you know you you you're you're prone to that it would absolutely feel very supernatural so i do think that sleep paralysis could be a one when it's nighttime stuff i don't know but the 611 guy 611 yeah, yeah. all sorts of stuff going on anyway it's the end of the podcast Wasn't we really should wrap up you should listen to it whoever yeah. is out there not listen to it yeah right so everyone thank you so much for listening this has been the playstation access podcast the official podcast of playstation uk you can catch us on youtube at playstation access where we have streams every monday and thursday we have a store update every tuesday and we have featurey preview funness on wednesdays and fridays so hopefully we'll see you there as well as next time in your ears I love saying it like that because there's a slight echo in in the ear set that we use, yes. and it, it goes like whoa. You should put some reverb on it. In yeah, the, I might do. When, when you... I edit it in Adobe Premiere Pro, Adobe name drop for Adobe. Little name drop for Premiere Pro there. Shout out Premiere Pro. I love Adobe. <laughs> right, thank you so much for listening, guys. I've been Ash, joined by Rob, Dave, and Rosie. Say goodbye at the same time. Bye. Bye. Oh, very musical, and we'll see you again next time. Bye. PlayStation.